Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be going through your talking points sent in on social media. Um, there's plenty of club action still going on between Reserve Club Championship, the Under 20s Club Championships, and the obviously inter or the provincial club championships where uh, Drumlin are getting out on the way this weekend. But to look through the talking points and, and, and put me under a bit of pressure, joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo Celt, as always. Uh, Paul, we've a few things that we could argue about. We'll 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 get at them maybe in the course of it if they if they pop up in this, and if they don't, so look at we'll we'll find a way to argue. Yeah, well, look, I'll be re- I'll be on the road later, so like I can always ring you and argue with you over something if needs be. I know we we can't record that, but I'll feel better and and you'll feel better. Exactly. <laughs> it wouldn't be a normal day if we didn't have a disagreement of some in terms of the. Uh, well, what what what's the, what's the the temperature like out there at the minute? Are the, are are Cavan supporters are the diehards in good in good voice or yeah? What's, we, what's bothering them? We threw it out there. The temperature is, I suppose, pretty chilled. You'd have to say because we're probably at one of the quietest times of the year now. I would say because obviously the county championships are just over, so we're a long way away from intercounty season yet. Uh. The under twenty, you've got the under twenty and reserve, but they are definitely sort of played in the shadows to an extent. Uh, you've Ulster Club coming up, but you've only won Ulster Club game, game this weekend. So we are in a bit of a down week. We threw it out to uh, to the listeners to see what the talking points were. You mentioned reserves, a lot of talk about the reserves, and the first comment that came in sums up probably them all. Uh, it says the reserve championship is a joke the way it's ran. Currently, board do not give up. Native. Yeah, yeah. So there's several. There's several other comments uh, around this. Well, you... about the reserves in the other twenty. So maybe we start with the reserves. Do the county board not give up? The, the 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 interesting thing here is that I I and I have had discussion around this with members of the county board, um, just in passing because I I, I completely disagree with the idea of where it's been played. I I think it's wrong. I don't think it's benefiting Cavan GEA. I don't think it's benefiting the club players. Um, I don't think it's benefiting the first teams of these clubs either. But the the overwhelming um response I'm getting from County Board is that it's clubs who are dictating it's this time of year. And it seems to be the club managers are dictating that it's this time of year. So they don't want to have a reserve game on a Wednesday night and their, their first team be out in the senior, intermediate or junior championship on the Friday, Saturday or Sunday that follows. They they want a complete separate run of it. So when when that's what the, 
Well, that's what the clubs are asking for. That's all the county board can do here in this situation. Now, I was anticipating because of the time of year that there would be a massive number of games conceded across this reserve championship. It turns out I've been completely wrong. There hasn't been. So I just done a quick note down in Division 3, 21 games have been played. There's only been one concession. In Division 2, 15 games have been played. There's been one concession. And so far in Division 1, there's been 15 games out of the 18 that will be played. There's been three concessions. So across 51 games, there's been five concessions. Granted, it's 10%. You'd rather have none. And I think that there's a possibility that there may be more in Division 1, depending on tonight's game with Rammer and Hugh Hollins, because a, a win one way or the other there could affect a second fixture at the weekend or a third run. So, but the, 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 the counter-argument to why there's no concessions is that everybody can play these games. Like, you've got some of the best players in the county playing in these reserve games, um, you know, in terms of club action anyway, because all that you have to do is name a first 10 or maybe 12, and then everybody else is free to go. And there's injured players, there's, there's less that are away that are making up those first 10s, first 12s. Therefore, you're, you're, you're ending up, there's no fear of a concession because the numbers have to be there to feel that. Like all you're digging into there is what uh, you're talking about, panel depth of of down as far as 27, 28, 29, you know, in order for you to feel a team in this reserve competition. So I just don't like the idea of the time of year, but it is running off and the games have been played and we're, we're at semi-final state or stage. Yeah. I, I, five five concessions out of 50 and we're saying that's good. It's are better than Yeah. We're, we're still probably pushing it there though to say that's 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 a good thing. I, I don't like this thing of county board. County board are only a shower shower this or that. County mm. board are doing it wrong. Like the county board are drawn from the, the membership of the clubs and they are representative of the clubs and I never I never get that thing. I, I saw someone saying there recently on on the internet something about oh yeah county board more money for the county board. And you're like, what a stupid comment! Like, what what do you think the county board are doing? Investing in shares and they're all going off on on holidays to Monte Carlo with the money. Like, yeah. like like it's rubbish. It's rubbish yeah. talk that. But um, wh- when else could it be played? I my my belief is that there there are two options here. One is while the county scene is going, so while the the Ulster Club and and All Ireland series is going, you could play it at that stage because you're now it, that may interrupt with your All County Football League, but I still think that that is an option. But for me, the preferred option, and it always used to be was that it runs alongside your senior, intermediate and junior championships that time of year. And it, and it, and it almost mirrors it, but it's a midweek competition. And I, I'll make the argument as to why I think it's a good idea to do that. Simply, you're not, by definition, the reserve players are not as good as the first team players. So the players that are going to make up that reserve team are the ones that are going to be coming off the bench to make an impact at senior level. But when they're getting less game time in a period of the year that is crucial for them to try to make an impact, the ability for them to make an impact is lessened. They're not going to be able to come in and 
worked their way onto a, a senior team or worked their way into being a brilliant impact sub because they're not getting the game time. They're not getting their confidence up, their eye in, their skills honed in through game practice. And therefore, I, I think the weddings tonight is, is brilliant. Okay, you might have the situation where a player is getting tired or whatever, but particularly in the system that we play here in Cavan where your group stages are for getting through and your 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 knockout stages are for 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 being at your very best. The 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 system is mirrored. It's perfect there. Should we we only need lads playing football. We need them getting games at that stage. And therefore, I I just think it'd be perfect to run them on a Wednesday evening along with the the, the senior, intermediate, and junior championships. Brady's Arva Limited. Main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Yeah, why not? People then would say, I suppose, it's hard to get home on a Wednesday evening for games if you're working outside the county or whatever, and, and there's there's merit to that too. Um, in the summer, that'll be fine. When it gets into the shorter evenings, it's hard to get grounds with floodlights as well. Sometimes the worst thing a club can do, I was talking to someone from a club recently, sometimes the worst thing a club can do is put up um, really good floodlights because they get absolutely inundated with requests and their, their pitches under pressure every day of the week. I do laugh at that though. I, I do also laugh at that. Like, you know, it's it's as if the word no doesn't exist in our language. No, our pitch isn't in, in playable condition. No, it will cut up. I know that a club with really good flood, floodlights at the minute have just put out the word no. Our, our pitch is closed until January and that's it. It's not yeah. been open. So mm. the word no. And the funny thing is that if more clubs had them, there'd be less pressure on the clubs that have them. Mm. You know? it's, yeah. it, look, it's, it is the next facility evolution that's going to happen in Cavan. We're going to have, within the next 10 years, we're going to have another eight or nine clubs will go with proper full, full floodlit pitches because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say you will. Every club, club I'd say, has lights that they can train under to some degree, but yeah. it's, it's going to play a match. It's, it's, it's a completely different thing. So you notice that now when we get into the winter. The 3G pitch as well is another, is another thing that I clearly remember when the 3G pitch was was opened. Cavan constructed that 3G pitch out of the proceeds of the opening of Crow Park. Every county board got a big whack of money the time Crow Park was, was open up for the soccer and rugby that time. And Cavan decided to put theirs towards this infrastructural project. And it was open, I think, in 2009. I remember Cavan played Dublin on it. What, can you imagine the chances of getting Dublin to play on that now? Like Back then, it was, it was sold that this is a game changer. This is as good as as the the main pitch of Breffney. Only thing is never it's going to be available all year round. Mm. That didn't that did not last very long. And now the three G is really a last resort for a lot of teams. P- teams don't like playing on it. And I wonder what will what will happen there with that three G as time goes on. Well, the disappointing thing, and I, and again, I may be open to correction on this, but part of the problem with the three G was through lack of maintenance in the first 
number of years that that it was that after it was constructed. So there there is a process of brushing every X number of hours that it's played on. And my understanding is that that was that was neglected, and therefore all of the rubber within the pitch has been compacted and compressed, and that's why it's a harder surface than it should necessarily be. So unfortunately, like I've I've been on what they call now four G pitches and or three G pitches, like I've been at the one in Abbottstown, and it is a brilliant surface to play on. No player would ever complain about playing on the 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 the, the 4G or 3G up at Abbottstown because there's bouncing it, there's giving it, and it's like a summer field all year long. But it does never, it never gets wet, it never gets cut up. It's just, it's a perfect system. But in Cavan, I can understand it. Like it is, the 3G pitch in Cavan is very, very hard. It's a mm. very compact surface. Yeah. Like I don't darken it from one, one end of the year to the other, or from one end of the year until the following end of the year, really, because you end up in it. In the in the wee press box there, covering under twenty games or whatever at this time of year, and it's it's just it's not as as it's meant to be. To back to the, the reserve thing before we go on to the other talking points, Stephen. Do you know? Because I I am really uh, limited in my knowledge of reserve football these days. I, I barely even know the format of it. Um, but do you know? Is the first five thing properly observed anymore? Because I remember one time that was abs- that was absolute banned country. It's definitely better than it was. I I can say that, and I I can actually just give me one second now, and I'll I'll bring up. Well, when you bring it up, I'll tell you a funny story. Any Red Hills lads listening will enjoy this. Back in the in the nineties, I remember um, it was a first twelve. It's it was a first twelve back then, I think. But I remember we played Kilishandra one time, and they handed over their list of their first twelve or whatever way it worked. And Paddy Mina, Lord of Mercy on him was there, and he was a Kilishandra man, obviously living in Red Hills and. He was looking at the Killer team sheet and he was going, oh, Jesus, that's a fairly bogus first 12. But Red Hills, you, all you had to do to apply to the county board was the name. So we had two Mark Smiths and two Jerry Smiths playing and they were, they were all good players. So you had Mark Smith of Keela and Mark Smith, Mark Smith of the Village. Then you had Long Jerry and Jerry Scott's house. So once you, <laughs> once you wrote down Mark Smith and Jerry Smith and handed in the, the, the list of your 12 names to the county board, that basically covered those four lads to play anything they wanted. Because if if one one Jerry played, you could say, and he was called call out. You could say, no, that was the other Jerry, and the same with Mark. And I'd say that kind of stuff was going on all around the place that time back then. Yeah, it definitely was. It definitely was. And 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 I, I remember later, even on than that, it would be, um, you know, a lad would get injured, and and there'd be a first twelve change made, and you know, it, it was it was very very fluid. I don't. If you, think- if you had a lad that went to England or went to. New York or something back then. That was that was gold for your first twelve. Like he was on it, particularly if he wasn't that good. <laughs> oh jeez, he was he was nailed on the first twelve. Like but, I remember us playing. I think it was Crusoe's third team in a in a reserve championship final, and this was midsummer, um, out in Balanya, and it was back in maybe two thousand and three, two thousand and four, something around that. And Philip Smith was playing on their third team, and he was a county senior two years or three years before that. Like it was, maybe it was two thousand one, something like that. We were going, ah, no, like this is ridiculous. How's he getting away with this? Yeah, Bruslaw beat us in in the final. But well, I'm pretty I, sure Cormac Daly played in the McKenna Cup with Cavan in January there about three or four years ago, and in December he played on the on the Crushlaw second team in or the Casaran second team in a, in a reserve final. But one one quick one about junior football as well. When, when we are being nostalgic. 
like do you know when, when you're that age when you're in, in your teens or whatever and you start playing a bit of junior football or unless there's a lot of really good players that probably don't play any junior football but for the average player like me or, or below average you start off playing junior you might never get out of it but I remember like it was such a big deal you'd be playing before the seniors yeah that was a big deal like I remember um, my first game for it was, I was 15 and I went down to watch the game and my cousin Barry was playing the goals and uh, he told me to bring me boots and I was kind of half wanted to play and then I was half nervous about <coughs> playing anyway they were short for numbers and someone asked me to play and we played Lavi and uh, I don't think I touched the ball for the whole game but near the end of the game anyway, I got the ball out in the wing and I just kicked it as hard as I could in the direction of the goals and it ended up going over the bar and I wasn't even going for a point but I went to school on the Monday and Nick Nicholas Walsh was in my class and Nicholas would always be be calling Red Hills third world football. That was his phrase. And he'd say, like, how's things going on in the third world? And I'd be like, no, we're we're a developing nation. But uh <laughs> I remember being in the corridor in St. Pat's in the Green Tile corridor and Nicholas was there and uh he was with James Carlin and Andy King and some of those lads. And they're like they were class footballers. They were all county lads like mm. and uh I was walking past and Nicholas goes, Well did you play any third world football over the weekend? And I said, oh, yeah, I played, played a junior match against Lavi. And I was like, oh, I was the big man. I was just playing a junior match. Like, I was only in third year. And uh, before he could say anything, James Carlin goes, like, James was class goalie. For people who didn't know him, he was brilliant, county minor goalie and all that. But he had played in goals in, in the junior and the senior game that day. And before I could say, Nicholas could say anything else, Carlin says, he scored a good point. Yes. And I was like, geez, this is unreal. <laughs> I want to play junior football forever. I felt like David Clifford at that moment. So yeah. it's, it's kind of sad to see the, the prestige of it has kind of fallen like that. Well, do you know what? And and the other the other side of it was so it kind of used to yo-yo between the game, the junior game being before the senior and sometimes it was after the senior. Yeah. I, that depend, I think that depended on the pitch. If the pitch was a bit ropey, That's right. That's right. let the seniors get the, get at the pitch before it got cut up. Yeah, and and also it depended on sometimes they they allow the senior game go, and then if there was enough numbers, they play the junior game. But yeah. if, you, if you used five or six of your bench or five of your bench, then you mightn't have enough to play the junior game and that sort of thing. But I always remember Jerry O'Rourke used to have the best trick that you'd ever come across when you had the junior game after the senior game. He used to, in fairness, when Jerry's with Trumbly, we barely lost the game. We went through an entire. I think two league campaigns that he was over us for without losing a single league game in both reserve and first team, both division two. But anyway, the, the, the seniors would be after winning the, the league game and the, the juniors would be out in the field getting ready to, to warm up and, and he'd, he'd pull us all into a huddle together and he used to say, right lads, now look at, you're after seeing the, the first teams after winning that game there, but they weren't great. And there's four lads, there's four lads that I'm looking for replacements for. Which one of you are going to step up? And, he's, and everyone was like, oh, it's going to be me. And I, and we'd all think it was another person. The goalkeeper would think it was the goalkeeper. The midfielders think it was the midfielders. He left us guessing enough that we're all chomping at the bit to go at it. And, you know, you'd go out and you'd play well. And he'd pat you on the back and say, oh, well done, Jess. You, you, you impressed there. And you think, oh, I'm getting a run. I'm getting a run. And he used to use it brilliantly. So that symmetry between it, you'd come to training the following week, you'd be full of energy. You'd be mad impressed to build on to that junior performance. I, 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 that's gone now. That's completely. Mm, that's gone. gone. Yeah, that is gone. And like, you're, you're dead right. Like, it was a big deal if you're playing on the juniors. I think that 
senior football or like first team football, be it junior, intermediate or senior, has got so serious. And you have a lot of lads now that probably play very little football, but they're on the panel. And they're mm. maybe number 24 or 25 on the panel. And they're probably happy enough, to be honest. They're training with the seniors. They might get the odd run. They probably don't play that much junior football now. Like Junior football is not... If they do, it's there's nobody at it. It's not played before the senior game. There's no there's no bit yeah. of a buzz about it. I think I told this story before, but I'll tell it very quickly again. We played Shannon Gales one time, and it was the same thing. Uh, the junior match was played afterwards, and I remember going down. To, it was in Red Hills, and I remember getting down for the match, and uh, the pitch was really wet. And someone says, "Ah, we're not going to play the junior game. The pitch, pitch is too bad." And I was really disappointed. And then some of the Shannon Gales lads come over and says, "Ah, Jesus, we're after coming all the way." And, uh, so we said, okay, they said, we'll play 20 minutes aside junior match after the senior match, right? <laughs> so when it turned out, some of the Shanigans lads left and uh, they only had, they only had maybe 11. And we had a, we had a good few. So they says, we'll give, Red Hill says, we'll, we'll give you two players mm. to make up. So when we self and someone else, can't remember who the other fellow was, ended up going with Shanigans. So, <laughs> so yeah, early enough on in the game, Red Hill scored like two, three. And I was at the other end of the field with my Shannon Gales jersey on. And I won't say who the Hills man was that, that I was marking. But uh, next thing, Shannon Gales came down and got a goal. And then it might, they might have got another goal or a couple of points anyway. And then I scored a point. And as we were jogging back to our position, my man says to me, take it easy, Fitch. They might come back with us now. And I said, <laughs> I'm not going to say his name, but I said, hold on a minute. Now. We have got the points here. Like <laughs> He thought this was a full competitive fixture, even though we had infiltrated their team with two or Hills men. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> just, just, to, uh, just to show that the first 12, I think they're fairly accurate. I think they're, they're pick, out, pick a club and I'll tell you their first 12. And you can tell me. If you uh, think Rammer. Rammer. Okay. There's a pick me own club. You might as well. <laughs> Rammer United's first 12. Liam Brady, Jack Brady, James Brady. Mm, there's a bit of a question. <laughs> Mark McGee, Matthew McGee, Simon Cadden, Adam O'Connell, Edo Cole, Enda Maguire, Damian Barkey, Brian O'Connell and Cahill Maguire. Now, I will say with James Brady, I don't know when exactly this first 12 was submitted. So mm. this could have been before championship, but that is our first 12. That's, that's, that's an accurate first 12. Yeah, that's 12 starters. Take Castle Rad or take Chris Law, for example, Darren McVeady, Keen Boylan, uh, Patrick O'Reilly, John Cook, Mark Stewart, Connor Rehill, James Smith, Pierce Smith, Stephen Smith, Patrick Lynch, Darren Gaffney, Brandon Boylan. That's mm. a fair enough first 12. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do so think no, it, none of those lads can play in the Junior B Championship. Is that it? No, none of them can play in this championship in the reserve championship that's going at the minute. So, okay. um, or, or, or when that first 12 was, was submitted anyway. I don't know if there's been change, but that was maybe five weeks ago, four or five weeks ago, that was their first 12 or, or longer maybe before that. So, but Okay. Another talking point, Damien, uh, which I mentioned earlier, under 20 games on a bank holiday Sunday morning, a disgrace. I'm not having that. I'm not, ha- I'm not having that. When do you play them? Exactly. I'm not having that. I, no. I think that's grand. It's a bank holiday. If it's Sunday morning, you can still go out. You can exactly. still go out Sunday night if you want to. Exactly. No, and if I... you want, if you want to play football, like, Play football, but you can't be complaining that there's football on because <laughs> it's affecting your drinking schedule. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. do you want it on a Thursday evening? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. You're not having that. This the only alternative is a Saturday afternoon. Um, this, this man, this man is a drinker with a football problem. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Here's an interesting one. Something we definitely should address because uh, 
Reports of their demise have been greatly exaggerated. Good to see the Gales underage is strong again. Under 15 win and strong under 17 side. So they're under 15s, won the Division 1 final, beating Kilgary by a point. Their, their minors lost the Division 1 semi final by a point in extra time to Rammer, who won the final, beating Kilgary by a point, I think, as well. So that's that's good for the Gales now. Yeah, there's a bit of turning. There's definitely a bit of turning happening there. Um, it's a while, I'd say, from the Gales won. Oh, sorry, they, they won last year. Um, Another fifteen league was it? Was that uh, division one? I think no. it was. Yeah, I think it was. It was a younger team though. Maybe it was thirteens or something. I think it was fifteen. So I do remember talking to Ed O'Hanlon. Ed was over the team at the time, and I think okay. he was over them again this time. Yeah, he was definitely over them this time. Anyway, I've seen a couple of pictures on social media. So, yeah, look at definitely now. The other thing that the Gales will know better than anybody else is that it takes a few teams to come on top of each other for them to produce a really good senior team. So um on the 15s, on the 17s is a good start, a really good start. Mm. And the other the other thing as well is it doesn't take that long. It doesn't take that long. Like, no. like three to four years now, you'll be bringing through those under 15s into your senior team, no problem. So Gail's definitely coming back a bit there. The uh, interesting one actually on that is, and I think you mentioned it in both, I was talking to a Killigary supporter during the week. And he says, oh, Jesus, we've had a horrible couple of weeks there. I think he said they've lost between ladies football and, and men, they've lost eight finals in the last two weeks or three weeks or something like that. And I said, yeah, OK, it's tough to lose that number of finals, but you're in eight finals. Yeah, That's yeah. the other side of the coin on it. So Killigary are maybe maybe a, a little bit, they have to, I'm sure they will start winning them, but it's 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 great to be making county finals. Absolutely, yeah. Um, do your regional teams from junior intermediate for 2023 championship, six teams max, clubs, management players. Oh, We're not going back to regional teams, though. We we absolutely yeah. flogged that to death during lockdown. Well, why not? Do you okay, know then. All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what's starting in me this week? The regional championships. Mm. As uh, me yourself were up at the 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 We Are Meet All Star Awards at the weekend gone by, and uh, David Nelson, isn't it? David Nelson, yeah, the Nelson. new ladies manager, new ladies manager, and he's over one of the regional teams. And talk with the Mead people, this is exciting! Like they're loving it. They're they're running into so they have two groups of four, so there's eight regional teams. They play three group stage games, and then you have. Top two in each group go into the A semi-finals and the bottom two go into the B semi-finals. So they end up that every regional team gets a minimum of four games and it's run week in, week out. Um, and and it's going to be the best footballers across. Now they're doing it as intermediate junior and junior B uh, players. So there's no senior club players allowed into the competition. But maybe that's because there's so many clubs that they can they can get away with that. But I just love the idea of it. I'm I'm genuinely I they're on Wednesday nights and I'm definitely gonna go up and watch a couple of these games. You know? <clears throat> I love the idea of it too. Like it's a novelty. I I think it should be tried. What's the worst that can happen if there's a bad response to it or it doesn't the football's not good or whatever. Just shelve it again. But I definitely something that should be tried. And you know what? You could you could run something like that and, and, and have free entry to it and make a bit of a buzz around it and you'd end up with a great crowd and a great atmosphere. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's enough players, and I ha- I've had this discussion with a few people. I think there's enough players now 
who would want to commit to that, who would want to step up another level and see what they're capable of in the county to be able to run that. Yeah. Maybe not eight teams, but at minimum four and maybe even six. But you, you could definitely you could definitely do something with it across it. I I, I think that the, the appetite is there for players to that they just want to continue playing football. There's enough of them that do want to continue playing football. I I think um I think Cavan have done well in trolling the county underage level uh, for players, which which leaves a wide representation of clubs at minor and under twenty level. I don't think too many lads get get missed out if you're good enough. Whereas mm. in the past, maybe in the past, you know, there might have been a bias towards the bigger clubs or whatever at one time. Um, but I I think Cavan have done well that way. So there's probably lots of lads knocking around there that have played a bit of county minor or a bit of county under twenty, have been exposed to it and. You know, fancy it and, and would like to play this. So definitely. Um can we destroy the roundabout in Virginia? Traffic is a disgrace these days. <laughs> yeah. I, I have, to, like have to agree are, with you. I have to agree with you. This is a project that we, we, we should take on. Football is just only a small part of our sphere. We <laughs> we we take on um civil infrastructure. <laughs> yeah, it is traffic is very bad and the sooner we, we get a bypass in Virginia the better. And the fear well, among some people and the minister was asked about it is that uh, if, if a recession came would it be put on the back burner again because the sod hasn't been torn yet there's still a, a sort of a consultation for, um, phase but it's something that's badly badly needed I have to say though I do think it, Virginia looks well is going to look really well with, with the new town centre but anyway yeah I, I think I think it is Yeah, but I, I do think it, it's affecting the quality of life for people in Virginia this traffic because it's roundabout I don't mind about it that much, I but there's a lot of people complaining about it. So, but see, yeah, or I'm a, I live in the middle of town, so I'm always coming at it from a different angle. And you see, I I guarantee you ask the people from Ballygium stuff about that roundabout. They're happy with it. They're happy with it, yeah, because these it. things up on that road, yeah, exactly. So one third of the of the traffic coming into Virginia is definitely happy that there's a roundabout there. Anyone to replace Thomas? Would biscuits come back at the panel? That's McFeely. Can Mickey get Jordan Morris in? Okay, so I, I so obviously Thomas is planning on heading away in January, um, and and I think it's pretty much in stone. He hasn't gone as yet. We seen him, uh, I seen him last Sunday morning doing a wee bit of a coaching session with a couple of kids, um, up in up in Breffney, uh, Kingspan Breffney. But I, my understanding is Darren McVitie is back in, um. I, 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 I believe that he's already in and and doing his own. Sorry, doing uh, pre-season preparation for county football. So, um, I think that there, there's no that's common enough knowledge out there at the moment. He's there's been quite a few people have reported seeing him around the three G pitch and over at the at the gym area there. So it's good to see that's back in. Um, and I think then there's. And I'm 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 not spilling any beans here, so I think it's it, it is common knowledge. So there's a couple of players have stepped away. Uh, Chris Conroy has has stepped away now. I don't think it's a retirement as such, but he got married there. He's heading away traveling for a wee wee bit of time, and um, so he's not committed to the county panel for the upcoming year. And I understand Niall Murray is the same. He's getting married this year coming, so he's stepping away as well. So there will be a bit of flux in in the in the panel there. Um, so who's going to be stepping in to replace them? I don't know. I think we'll have to have a debate 
around who has been the outstanding performers, non-county performers in the club championship. But when we revealed the uh, the Kiko Sports All-Star team, I think that that might reflect a, a bit of that for us. Mm, yeah, that's that's good. That's great news about Dara going in. Not so good about the other fellas stepping away, but um, I think Dara Mifidi showed in the club championship that he's got a, still got a huge amount to offer at county level, I would imagine. Uh this is a massive uh, can of worms here, so I don't even know if I'm going to open them. I'm going to pull back the lid slightly. Minor grade needs changing back to under 18. Do you know what? You're right, though. It is, it's It's a huge can of worms. I genuinely believe that the public, uh, public opinion on this is that it has to go back to 18. And, and, and I would, and have been behind this the whole, the whole time because whether whether they go back to under eighteen at inter county level or not is pretty irrelevant to me, for the simple reason I think that the club is the most important thing at under eighteen. There's far too many players. Every club I speak to have the same issue. The stronger players will go on. the 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 two or three best players of the under seventeen team will go on and and train with the seniors the following year. An awful lot of them won't. A huge number are now dropping off. You're bringing in the drop-off area a little bit and a year earlier, and therefore you're cutting off more players than we've ever cut off. So I think at club level it has to go back to eighteen, and I'd even go so far as to say within Cavan we'd be better off doing something ourselves on this. If if the county or if Crow Park don't do it, we'd be best off try to adopt and try to change in some way that we can keep lads that are overage from their 17 playing football because at the minute they're just disappearing. They're not They're not staying around. They're not training with their senior team. The club championship at under 20 is, is too late in the year really to keep lads playing the whole year long. And then the other side of it was that, again, the clubs didn't really buy into the under 20 club league, which was a midsummer competition. And there wasn't enough games played in it. A lot of teams conceded it. So the, the under-20 at club level doesn't seem to work in terms of keeping players playing for the club. We've got to find the age grade that does work there, that keeps the players playing for the club a bit longer. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I don't think it ever should have been changed. And I thought it was quite disingenuous the way it was changed. Talking about uh, about protecting players and all that. And that, in actual fact, it, it it was a victim of the of the fixtures mess at the time. That mm-hmm. was the only reason they wanted to sep- completely separate it, so that so that um, club count, count, counties wouldn't be holding up club fixtures. And, and it was and, it was cloaked as something it wasn't, which is which is bad. And then on top of that, you now have that separation already with the split season. So why can't you go back to God bless it under eighteen, where you're saying the county minors. Well, yeah, you can't play with your with your club, but they're not going to be playing with the club anyway because the season is 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 at a different time of the year. So, it it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to hold on to under seventeen. The only thing being that I've seen the document out from Crow Park and what they've sent to the county boards, and they don't seem to be in any way favouring um, the option of 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 going back to eighteens. They. I think they're going to push hard to to try to get at 17s and 19s and the under 17s at inter-county level becoming um, just development. But I'm I'm going to call this now. They can they can say it's just development. They can they can say whatever they want. The level of effort 
that has gone in as, as in the level of preparation for under 17 teams now, it's not going to go backwards. Even if you call it a development league, development all Ireland, development, whatever you want to call it, they're still going to do the amount of sessions that they're currently doing and maybe more. And therefore, the intended consequence is to reduce the load on those players. It's not happening. The only way you're going to reduce the load on the players that are under 17 is increase the age grade to 18. And therefore, the kids who are under 17 are less likely to be making that age grade and therefore they get another year of less work under their belt. But they, they don't seem to be, Crow Park doesn't seem to be in favour of that. The only thing I know is as well, I know Longford have put together a proposal or are in the middle of putting together a proposal to go back to 18s um, at inter-county level and back with clubs. So um, I think that that might be supported more than, than anything Crow Park come up with. Hopefully so. Um couple of emails came in uh, talking about answering a couple of questions we asked. One was, who was the oldest player that Dane O'Dowd played with? And, oh, who's, the, and who's the who are the young lads he's playing with now? So I was saying like... Ryan Seagrove. <laughs> Nicholas Dolan made his Drumlane debut in 1987 as a 17-year-old. Was playing for a few years after Dane started in, in 2004. Dane now playing with two of Nicholas's nephews in Shane and Dara. So, oh, no way. Love that stuff. The other one that came in was uh, just to ca- clarify, Christian Kermit is indeed Philip's son, although I never saw Philip score points like Christian did last Sunday. <laughs> he also has two solid defenders on the Lorgan under 12 and under 14 teams. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Last <laughs> last talk about Damien. Thoughts on Sky pulling the pin? Well, do you know what? That is the consequence of, of the split season. There's no doubt about that. So what the GA did was fill the gap in the summertime when Premier League was gone and 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 they had a, a void in terms of sport. So um, I'm not surprised that it's pulled a pin that they pulled a pin because now it's going to collide. The end of the season at intercounty level is only going to be what six weeks at most after the likes of the Premier League and, and Champions League finishes up. Um, I suppose then the other side of that is that for most people, this is a good thing because all we heard about was the complaints that oh, these games shouldn't be pay-per-view. There should be no you know, pay-per-view. It should all be free to air. So now it's going to be free to air, you'd imagine, unless... It's not. It's not it. because GEA Go are going to screen a huge amount of these games now and you're not getting that for nothing. But GEA Go only streamed games that were on either Sky um, RTE or or whatever they they don't do their own production yeah well they're going to be now because Alan Milton was on was on uh, was on um, Colin Parkinson's podcast and he said that the GA has reached a stage now where they're going to be content generators themselves I'm just reading reading earlier on okay. um, I reading the Irish Times earlier on the headline is RTE the big winner as GA look to to grow their their streaming service through exclusive live games. So as you said, they used to just stream games that were produced by someone else. Now the GA are going to be doing these games themselves through the app. So in fairness, it probably is swapping one paid for thing with another. Although it's probably going to be cheaper. You can, yeah. I, think, I think you can get a GA go pass for 119 euro or something, is it? Or something. Yeah. To, yeah. Whereas I, I see, I did see people saying on Twitter, oh, you can, you can get a Sky D or you can get it for 15 euro a month, Sky Sports during the summer, but you'd have to have Sky to start off with, I'd imagine, to get that. And then you're probably tied into a 12-month thing, and I don't have Sky, but um, 
us poor journalists wouldn't <laughs> money to afford that sort of thing. If Rupert Murdoch happens to be listening, and I know he does listen, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe he'll provide us with a with a thing. I I was I was uh, you'd be surprised. I was totally again again the sky deal at the time, as I said. Uh, so you'd be surprised to hear that. But yeah. Not like you to go against something that that's that is is coming out. Do you know what? I'm looking forward to GA go and, and the GA pushing into content because I now and again it's slightly different, but I I as you know, I'm 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 an expert on, on the NFL. Mm. Um, Same so, as me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're both experts on it. But I, I just joined up on their streaming service this weekend gone by because the Giants are on an unbelievable winning streak. The five Five uh, wins, one loss, and they're open at six games, or maybe it's six and and one. Um, but so I I I couldn't get to watch last weekend's game unless I I bought into their own the NFL uh, streaming service. But I love it. You can watch every single game on that, and I I would love to see the GA get to the point where for one hundred and forty quid a year or whatever the case may be. And I can go and I can watch Cavan games back, or I can watch Cavan's opponent next weekend. On, on, I, I want that. I, mm. I pay two hundred quid. I pay five hundred quid for that. So like mm. that, that would be absolute gold for me. The only, the only issue is, uh, it would be great. It would be great. But the only issue there is, he who pays the piper calls the tune. If you're an analyst on, on, and the referee is absolutely terrible, are you going to call it? And, and that's going to maybe bring down a lot of heat on the GA if the standard referee has gone through the floor or if the GA have made a balls of a fixture or if Hawkeye malfunctions again or whatever are you going to call that as it is as or, a commentator yeah are you fully neutral you're literally you're getting paid by the GA are you going to criticise your paymasters uh, it'll it take a brave a brave man to do that um, yeah, do you know what you're right you're right but having said that the number of calls within the game that are actually going to be critical towards the officials are, I I do think at either county level or less. Yeah, but or, it's not just that; it's just a general. You know, you don't want them kowtowing down to to the three A, but it's it's just it's an interesting move. It's, it's it's going to be interesting. Like what I have been told several times is the the reason that the GEA forced even entertain Sky because mansion. Well, Mike Michael Moynihan had, had had done a book. Um, before that called uh, Gaconomics. That's right. Great book. Yeah. Yeah. It was ideal for you. It takes yeah, yeah. all the boxes for you. But um, he, he quoted Park Duffy in that book and he said like, well, we'd never, we'd never go down the road of going, going in with the Lexus guy. But the reason, I, I, I've been told that the reason they did it was, was, well, what someone said to me once was they, they did it to put managers on RTE. Essentially, RT had it all the wrong way and were lowballing the GA, GA a little bit. That's what I was told at the time. Like this is eight, nine years ago when this was first talked about and um, bringing the competition into it. Now, the GA did repeatedly say at the time that it was nothing to do with the money end of it, but it subsequently came out in the accounts that it was worth 10 million. So uh, that wasn't strictly true, but it's it's... It's a hell of a story. It's a big story. I think it was off the ball broke that story. So they deserve credit for that. That was a big scoop this week. Definitely was. And yeah, see, they, they, they had the competition within the market if they really wanted it because they could have gone with was it Virgin or whatever it's called, Tree at the time or TG Cahar, um, or even BBC. I'm sure there could have been an opportunity there. But So there is there is the opportunity for competition. But I, I do think the GA are doing the right thing in going down their own 
their own way of of doing it. There will be parts of the GA that don't. I yeah, it'll be interesting just to see what way they approach it. I think that they'll be going to TG Cars to Virgin Media to RTE, and they'll be asking them still to um produce the content just at, at, at what level our you know wh- where the distribution of the content will go after that will the will the GA go be uh service within Ireland exclusively to GA go subscribers or will it be well look at if you're if you're on the go here you're driving around you can watch it on GA go but if you're sitting down in front of your telly you can watch it on RTE Virgin or, or TG Car you know I think it's Here's here's a good summation of it uh, in the Irish Times. For many years now, it has been, been a well-established GEA position. When it comes to media rights, the competition in the market is positive. Positive for the association and positive for fans. So th- I, I'm just reading this here now. That that was basically what I was told back in, at the time as well, that, that this was all about keeping RTE honest and so on. This is Gordon Manning, Manning writing here. The last time the GA announced their media rights package, it included Sky Sports and Air Sport. Even before that, TV3 had been a broadcast partner, while Satanta Sports televised National League games until it was taken over by Air in 2016 and subsequently rebranded as Air Sport. However, the latest GA media rights deal, which was announced on Tuesday, has no new major player involved, and all of the aforementioned have gone. <clears throat> B- RTE and BBC remain, but with extended rights. It looks, for all the world, a less competitive marketplace. But the big development is the GEA's decision to follow the example of many sporting bodies globally and grow their streaming service by promoting GEA Go to the role of essentially a pay-as-you-go broadcast partner. They have confirmed that exclusive championship games will be shown on the platform in Ireland and overseas from 2023 onwards. So essentially what they have done is they've they've broken up with Sky and, and they've started going out with, with the old GEA Go. With their system. <laughs> <laughs> it's in best at its best. <laughs> yeah, game for all the family. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to that one, Damien. I think um, maybe yeah. as, as the thing goes on. Yeah, we'll find out a little bit more information on it because um, yeah, look at it. I I hope it means more content. That's what I, I I genuinely hope it means more content. But a magazine show would be great. Like you know, they used to do a great one, Breaking Ball, and it was great. Like and you you had interesting features and. You know, mm-hmm. it did go down and and even Breaking Ball had a magazine at the time as well. I was actually looking at it the other day that, and they had an interview in it with, with Brian Roper that played with Donegal. You know what his occupation was? He no. was he used to make gravestones and he, he was like a stonemason, but he but he, he uh specialized in gravestones and, and carving stuff on, on monuments and all that sort of stuff. And did a whole big interview with him in Breaking Ball magazine about that. And that was followed up on the TV show at the time as well. So that that was great stuff. And we don't get that anymore because it's so... Grim Roper. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so clogged now with, with games and games and games. And all you see on, on Twitter every every Sunday and Monday is like people going mental that their county didn't get enough coverage. But mm. uh, this, this might help alleviate that because the appetite is there for it. Yeah, I, I hope to do that. I think that'd be brilliant on a on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night, kind of a, a full magazine show and, and you know, dedicated out to each each division throughout the, the Alliance Leagues, division division one, two, three, and four having their own dedicated show. I think it'd be a brilliant addition. But anyway, look we'll we'll do you know what, Paul, we'll just get on to the GA and we'll tell them how to do it. Okay. Yeah, okay, we'll do that now. I'll do that soon. 
Folks, thanks a million for listening to the McAvoy's Super Value GA podcast. Don't forget to head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin, where we are previewing the uh, upcoming Ulster Junior Championship preliminary round between Drum Lane and their dairy opponent, Craig Ban. Uh, we hear from Dano Dowd, midfielder with Drum Lane, as we look ahead to that action. We also look back on the ladies' football action last weekend as Lavi exited the Ulster Junior Championship while Kassarah and Den and Lorgan progressed to the semi-final of the Intermediate and the senior. Brilliant win for Lorgan up in Terman, who are one of the the giant of Ulster ladies football, but um, you can listen to that all over on patreon.com forward slash we are Kevin. Uh, thanks a million to McAvoy's and uh, thanks a million to you for listening.